Welcome. If you're a woman who has a sense that there's more out there for you, you're in the right place. I'm Whitney Baker, host of the Electric Ideas podcast. Somewhere along the line of working kids, life carried on, but I lost track of my truth. I'm on a reflective journey, and that's what this podcast is all about. Each week, I interview a woman who is lighting her own path and offering others hope. Before our conversation ends, we'll share a reflective question for you to explore. Sometimes all we need is a jolt, a fresh idea, an aha moment that connects us to a sense of possibility. This, my friends, is what I call an electric idea. Welcome back to Electric Ideas. Today's guest is Christina Hollinger. Christina is a feng shui expert who works with clients using the power of feng shui to improve their environments and their lives. She has a teaching background, which is super obvious and totally shines through because she has a really special knack for showing people how to apply feng shui concepts in super easy to understand ways. Christina is also an author and she's been featured on HGTV Windy City Rehab and she collaborates with the Astro Twins, the well-known astrologers of Elle Magazine. There's so much to get to in this show. So let's jump in. Christina, I'm so happy to have you. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. So I know we want to get into all of the awesome tips for making our homes look good and feel good, but I think that some of the recent popularization of feng shui has lost a little bit of the history and the depth of the ancient art of what feng shui even is. So I thought maybe we could just start there by having you help us understand how you define feng shui. That is such a gorgeous question. And I don't think anyone has ever started an interview with it. So thank you for doing that because I agree with you. I really want to honor the lineage and it can get lost in those sound bites on social media. So I personally am certified in what they call BTB school feng shui. And it's actually a little bit more of a newer practice. It came from Professor Thomas Lin Yun from China in the 1980s. And it really is based on the front door. And we use a tool called the Bagua map and it divides your home into nine different areas of life. It is somewhat simplified because we're not using the compass directions. However, what professor has done is really pulled from so many different schools and we recognize all the different schools. So there's the form school of feng shui, which is what started the whole tradition in the Eastern hemisphere over 2000 years ago. And that was really the origin of that was, you know, having a mountain behind you literally a house would be most auspicious with a mountain behind it because they found that the crops grew more lavishly. And that was sort of what started that. And then it moved into this compass, traditional feng shui, where that's where you might hear a lot about, you know, what direction does your front door face? And there's different things like that. And then there's a flying star method. So there's a lot of different schools. And that's exactly why I do what I do now, because I feel very deeply that it's important to see what resonates with you and then try to kind of grasp on and follow a teacher that is from a specific school. And then if you find other teachers that are from that same school feng shui, you'll get more consistent messaging because it really can be tricky if you're trying to practice multiple different types of feng shui. It doesn't always align. So I hope that was 
a decent answer. And I hope it helps kind of clarify, you know, at least where I'm coming from during this interview. Absolutely. And so this is kind of how I, let me interpret that. Cause I, I know that's a big question. And like you said, it's, it's been around thousands of years. It's nothing new, but I really, I, I mean, you have a teaching background and I think it's really apparent because when I listen to you, not only are you able to just connect general concepts that people can actually feel comfortable actualizing, but I think you do a really good job also connecting it to this sense of like energy and spirit and, and wisdom that is way beyond how you roll your underwear. And that's where I feel like it's a great link. So I just wanted to share that. Does that make sense? (laughs) Thank you. I received that. And I do feel that there's so many different teachers out there. And that is sort of that one little piece that I think is my forte. And what makes me stand out in a different way is that, you know, I'm a Gabby Bernstein spirit junkie. Like I literally took her spirit junkie masterclass and that's all about how to protect your energy, how to connect with the light. Feng Shui actually has pieces of meditation where you actually balance your personal energy so that you can become a magnet for what you desire. And it really just helped me become more spiritual in that aspect. And so I didn't like to call it a manifesting method for many years. I resisted that. And now after practicing it for over a decade and helping so many different clients and different people and writing my book, I have come to the conclusion that I do feel that feng shui is an ancient manifesting method. It's energy work. It can help you align with your desires. I'm not afraid to use that word anymore in conjunction with feng shui. And what I like to say to people is even though it's been around for over 2000 years, it's not a new manifesting method, but it's possibly new to you. So I like to just make it more accessible to the everyday person right now. That makes sense. And I I think it's interesting that you've even grown into it and what you, it it just seems like it's so, it's so evident that it's just become like a, a deeper practice for you as you continue to evolve. So that's wonderful. I've read that in some practices of feng shui that everything in your outer life mirrors your inner self. And this kind of seems aligned with what we're talking about. Do you believe that to be true, especially in our homes? One of my favorite quotes is that your home is an affirmation for the life you desire. And what I love about this concept is that I do believe that you can change your environment and it will change your life. And I can actually quote directly my teacher, Lori Pauly, who founded the Feng Shui School of Chicago. And that's exactly where I got certified. She always would say that exterior movement creates interior shifts. And what I love about this concept is that you can tangibly change your space, visibly notice a difference, set your intention, and then just trust that the energy is working on your behalf because there is a science behind it. There's, you know, this thing called quantum physics, and there's definitely psychology behind it as well and reasons why it works. But the beauty of feng shui is you don't necessarily have to understand any of that. All you need to do is set your intention, change your environment in a way that feels good to you, follow some of the principles and watch magic happen. And I just, I wouldn't be sitting here talking with you about this if it hadn't been working for me for 10 years, over 10 years now. So that's kind of, I hope that answers your question, but I just, to say it shortly, yes, I do believe that your environment is a reflection of 
your inner world. And I can actually go into someone's house and ask them questions about their personal relationships and they will be blown away that I can even notice that they might be struggling financially in certain areas or having issues with their parents or in-laws. And it's just so funny, but at the same time, it's just kind of part of how the, the magic of feng shui and how it all works. Yeah. You say I, and I read something speaking of magic, I'm going to share something that you wrote. It says, whether you're trying to sell your home, attract more abundance, or simply create a fresh new look, Feng Shui will help you love where you live and accomplish your goals. Feng Shui helps you create a free flow of energy in your space. As a result, you'll have more clarity, be more productive and attract prosperity. So I'm kind of curious if you could give it, cause I'm sure people have you know, are, are wondering now, what are some common places where clutter builds up in homes that you notice right away? And, and how do you interpret them? Cause I think we all have certain places. Can you give a few examples? That's a really, really profound question because, you know, it's kind of making me kind of think back to some patterns that I've noticed, but here's the thing. When you lay the bag of map on just one room. Let's just have, you know, listeners visualize they're walking into their bedroom. When you walk into your room, the far back left area is the wealth area of your bedroom. And the far back right area of your room is the relationship area. Those are the two power positions. And I like to sort of point those out. So then you can kind of orient the bag of map on your room. And you can also do this to your entire floor plan. So like when you walk into the front door of your home, the far back left area of your home is the wealth and the far back right area of your home is the relationship area. So the reason why I bring that up is because I do think that clutter can build up in various places and it can, it can reveal to you. I actually have a blog about this. It's like, what does your clutter reveal about you? So for example, if you have a lot of clutter in your garage, that tends to be a place where people might store a bunch of things it's actually going to depend on which gua or area of life your garage is in. Hmm. So that, that was a mistake I made right away. Like I didn't realize that when you have an attached garage on your floor plan, it is part of the bagua. So if your garage is in the front right area of your home, that's a helpful people travel area. It represents all the helpful people in real life, as well as the universe supporting you. And it reflects your finances. Actually, when people come to me looking for help with their money, they're actually surprised when I don't tell them right away to go to the wealth area. We look at the helpful people travel area right away because you need a network of people. It takes a village to help you build your success and get to the level where you want to be. So back to your question, if your garage is in the front left area of your home and you have clutter there, essentially, it's just saying that you're blocking opportunities to be supported in your life. And that's kind of how I like to work with the bag map is like when you identify where there's clutter, kind of sit with it and think, which area of the bag map am I in? And do I notice that there's blocks here? go to the room where you it's your least favorite mm. sit and find out like what you know is it dim lighting is it cluttered are there outdated hodgepodges mismatched pieces of furniture that you've been holding on to and it's sort of this catch all room and what gua is it is it your family area is it your mm. children creativity and it can really help you to understand really what's 
possibly blocking you. And the best part is then you can change the story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm totally guilty of that. We have our, you know, my stepson who's moved out exercise now desk for my husband room. And I, all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, I hate going in here and we're finally going to like redo it. But without getting attached to expectations, how does the magic work? Like when can people expect, is it like during the clearing or sitting in the room when it's finished or, or how do we know when it, when it's ready? (laughs) I'll tell you what my teacher always says, always perfect timing, but no one likes to hear that. (laughs) Everyone wants to hear that it's going to happen right away. And this is absolutely a muscle that I've had to build over time. And it's, it's pretty magnificent. I actually just had somebody slide into my DMS and share with me that they tried the stove adjustment that I shared on social media, which is very simple. You stand at your stove, you light all the burners for up to four minutes at the same time, because each burner is representing a different source of income and creative resources where you're receiving Hmm. money. And so this is a cure that you can do to visualize money coming in from different resources. I did it. Actually, I told a client to do it and she had like immediate success with it. So then I realized I needed to do it for myself and I cleared a few thousand dollars of debt. So then I shared it on social media and someone DM'd me and said, I did the stove cure and I qualified for a $20,000 loan. And I just got out of a ton of debt and all this stuff happened within four days. So of course, things can happen like that. And it's pretty wild and fun. And it keeps you coming back for more in a sense. I like to say, give it at least six months because the more I actually work with the Astro twins, the astrologers of Elle magazine. And what I've learned from them is that manifesting happens in six month cycles, because like, let's say there's a cancer new moon six months later, it'll be the cancer full moon. So that's kind of like this universal energy, which is the, we work with three types of energy and feng shui, personal energy, environmental energy, which is your immediate surroundings. And we do look at the moon phases and that. So I do believe that there is something to say about six month cycles. And I think that one thing that I also would say that like, since you said, Whitney, like you've listened to my podcast, I think part of the reason why people like to tune into that is because I kind of help guide people. What do you do after you set your intention? How do you trust that the highest good is working out for you in perfect timing without totally losing your mind and being like, when is it going to come? Because we, we do live in a culture where we expect instant results, but I do think when, if you can be intentional, set your intention trust that the energy is working on your behalf. I highly recommend you look for the signs that things are working out for you immediately within the next two weeks. And then always look back at least six months later and look back and think, okay, how have I grown? What's happened? Because so many times our manifestations actually maybe don't look exactly how we thought they would, but they're far better. And you can't see that until you look back six months to a year and sometimes longer. And then when you, too bad, we can't live our life backwards, but if we could live our life backwards, we would look back and think, oh, that's why that door closed because look at the windows that opened up for me in that aspect. So I hope that helps a little bit, but I think that it can actually happen quickly. 
I think a year is pretty quick. (laughs) Yes. That's super helpful. Thanks for sharing that kind of the different type of energies that Feng Shui addresses. And I, I guess back to the environment energy, because I know my listeners will be interested in this. So sometimes I start thinking about this and I get really excited because it feels good to like, be like, I'm going to clear and I'm going to move and I'm going to create this spaciousness and energy. But I think some people also quickly tip into overwhelm. I'm sure you've seen that before. And so I'm wondering if you can help my listeners know where to start. I know that you said the three most important areas to begin with are the entryway, the bedroom and the kitchen. So can we just start there and have you give me a quick explanation of why you flag those as places to focus on first? Absolutely. Well, it's kind of funny because when I started feng shui in 2012, I was a Google guru and that's what Google told me. Like immediately you can look it up on the internet. It's like, you have to feng shui your front door. And I learned right away. That was where you start. And then of course I got certified and learned that indeed the front door is a very key area for anyone to address. And that's because we personify the house and the front door is the mouth of your home. It's considered the mouth of chi. And you can almost imagine when you open up the door, imagine your house is taking a huge breath in of all of that fresh air and that fresh energy. And that's where all of the abundance, the money, the helpful people, and the new fresh opportunities enter your door. So as I explain, I actually have a new course where I actually tell you how to function your front door and welcome prosperity and abundance to your front door. Think of it like you're flagging down the entryway. So I have a red front door. It used to be black. Either color is great. You can add a colorful wreath, but you literally want to make sure that the lights are working around your front door, that your address is clearly labeled. Literally, you want the packages to come to the right house. You want, if the mailman can see you, if people who are visiting can see your home from the street and it's really like prominent, that's a good sign because the energy goes where your eyes flow. So you want your front door to be saying to the world, I'm right here and I'm ready for you. So bring it to me. That's why the front door is key. Now I lived in an apartment in the South loop of Chicago with my husband when I started. So I really addressed the entryway to welcome in the energy so that every time we were opening up the door to our apartment, you know, all the energy was flowing in. Secondly, your bedroom is a key area because it's a manifesting sanctuary. You spend a third of your life sleeping, believe it or not. So when you are in your bed, it's this place to rejuvenate because the energy circulates around you in a clockwise fashion over your head and around the bed. So definitely putting your bed in the command position is going to give you that optimal rejuvenation. When you're well rested, you can show up as your best self, the higher level your energy is, the higher your vibe, the more you're going to attract that. Right. And that is actually precisely where I started my feng shui journey was that front entryway. And I, invested in some new furniture after my husband and I were married. Within six months, my husband got a new job. And within a year, we were expecting our first baby and moving into a new home with grace and ease. I firmly believe it's because of the power of what we did 
with those two spaces. I also fungshuied the wealth area, but you mentioned the kitchen. It wasn't until I became a certified consultant that I realized that the kitchen is what I call the hub of abundance because in feng shui, there are a lot of different, and I won't get you know too much into it, but there are so many different aspects of the kitchen that represent your capacity to receive. So just a couple of those pieces would be your dining room table, your refrigerator and your stove. And so knowing those key spaces is going to be really huge and help you just elevate the energy of your home and welcome in more money, which I know people really want that, right? We want that money and that security. Yeah. So just so people have something practical that they can consider or try, what is the, going back to the bedroom, tell us what the command position is with your bed or considerations for where you're going to place your bed in a room that are just general. Well, I love talking about this, Whitney, because I had my bed against a wall until I was 27 years old. So when I was a kid, my bed was against the wall. When I went to college, I put my bed against the wall. I thought it made the room look bigger. I thought it made the room feel bigger. And even when I was first married, my bed was against the wall. And then I realized that number one, the energy wasn't circulating. And number two, when your bed's against the wall, you're closing off the opportunity for a partner. And if you are in a relationship, you're really going to struggle because one partner could feel trapped in the relationship and you just struggle with feeling that equality, like who wants to sleep on the inside versus, you know, the outside of the bed. So putting the bed if possible, where it's accessible from both sides is key. The second thing about the power position is making sure that there's a mountain behind you figuratively. So that would mean a solid wall would be most ideal. And if you can't be behind, you know, have a solid wall behind you, you definitely want to invest in a headboard. I do not like to tell clients to buy anything during a consultation, but this is the one thing that I would recommend to anybody. If you were going to make an investment, a solid headboard could be wood, it could be fabric, but that would be the most ideal. Even if you do have a solid wall behind you, a headboard is ideal. It just represents the universe having your back. And the third piece to this, that I would mention, even though I could keep going, well, there's a lot of things I really want to say, but one thing that kind of trips people up, and I think it might be good to explain here would be, you do want to be able to see the entrance from where you're laying. So ideally you're sort of facing the door, but your feet are not directly going out the door because that could make you feel very uncomfortable because the energy enters through the door and it could be rushing up towards your body. And that's going to make you feel less at ease, if that makes sense. And it might feel like things are rushing at you in your life. So if you can, you know, see the door, cause that's going to put your nervous system at ease. Biologically, there's actually some science behind that. That's going to make you feel better knowing who's entering and exiting the bedroom. And then of course, just making sure that you're not completely in line with it. So I hope that that helps. That helps. And also I, I think that people will just start because people are going to be coming at this from totally different levels of understanding. And I think it can just, this is in some ways, just a taste of how deep and how every positioning, it just is giving a flavor. And so people can always follow you and learn more. Let's take it to the kitchen just a little deeper too, because I think it's really interesting. Tell me about what can we do with our fridges or how does that, you said that it it has to do with 
maybe receiving abundance, but you tell me. Right. Well, so much about abundance revolves around food because when we have enough food to feed our family and we have enough food to feed guests, that really represents having not just enough, but an abundance or more than enough, which is, that's really what prosperity is. It's having enough to share with others and having more than you even need. So when you think about the refrigerator of the full refrigerator filled with fresh food, that's going to really nourish you is going to symbolize abundance. Now we struggle with it, even with our family of four, keeping the fridge full. And one thing I recommend to people is, especially if you're single and it's hard to keep the fridge completely full, get a few gallons of water and leave it in the fridge. Because first of all, water equals money and feng shui. And second of all, it's just going to, you know, take up the space, keep the fridge full and believe it or not, it's going to help your fridge function at peak efficiency. When you have a full fridge, it actually functions much better and it saves on electrical and all sorts of things. So Hmm. that's just one example, but yeah, you want to like declutter it and make sure you're throwing out the leftovers once a week or, you know, clearing out old condiments that are expired, just little stuff like that. And, um, I, I don't know, have you ever done that Whitney, where you're just like, you have like your fridge is stocked and everything's ready to go for the week. Don't you feel so good when that happens? Or I feel like when we go out of town, I try to clean out the fridge. So when we come back, it is a nice feeling to have like a clean fridge and then like stock it with, it's kind of like a fresh start. And when it's full and clean, it it does feel good. Mm -hmm. And it also, I like that what you're saying, connecting it to being able to give, because it feels good to be able to, obviously there's the security piece, but it feels good to be able to impromptu be like, come on into my home there. No, there's plenty to share. Join us that sort of thing. So Mm -hmm. I like that reflection. I know another in terms of placement, the art of placement is a topic, a whole topic for another time. And I know we've just skimmed the surface of that, but one specific thing that comes up a lot in Feng Shui from what I've read about is mirrors. And I feel like most people have mirrors somewhere in their house. So can you give us at a high level, kind of the do's and don'ts of where we would maybe want to place mirrors? This is an amazing question. And the reason I say that is because every time we start talking about mirrors, I always end it with, I really need to do a mini course on this because you could spend an entire masterclass just talking about mirrors because the thing with mirrors is they are going to expand and open up opportunities and they can be magical. And at the same time, they can also create imbalance in your life. And so it's kind of like, well, you do need to be careful where you put the mirror. So let's give a few highlights of how people can really use mirrors to their benefit. And then I'll maybe give a couple of like, uh, try to avoid the mirror there. First of all, if you have a dining room table, it's super auspicious to have a mirror facing your dining room table. If you don't have a dining room, then consider your kitchen table what I'm talking about. And the reason why is because it represents the abundance and the money coming into your home. It represents your financial security. So when you place a mirror facing your dining room table, you're actually amplifying the money and the abundance and the finances. In fact, it's highly recommended that you sit at your dining room table at least once a day, because how many times do people just save the dining room for the holidays or special occasions? But really what you want to do is activate that space because it 
represents your capacity to receive grand amounts of money and opportunities. So even if you just sat there and had a cup of coffee at your dining room table that would activate it, it's an amazing place to pay your bills, even if you're just on your phone, because it represents and symbolizes always having enough. Another place to really put a mirror that you see a lot would be in the entryway. Now there's differing opinions. My teacher, Lori Polly, even had a differing opinion than professor. <laughs> and, and you'll hear this. Sometimes people have a mirror right when you walk in your door. Professor said that would be fine because that would be welcoming in the abundance and energy. However, other practitioners would say to have it off to the side. Instead, it will expand the entryway. And let's say your door is in the front center of your home. That's the career area. So the career area, you want to expand your career, put a mirror in that space. The mirror represents the water energy. And as I shared, water equals money. So you're going to get water and opportunity and all the money flowing in through your career. So a mirror is great in the career area. It's great in the entryway to expand the opportunities. But what I would say is just kind of go with your instincts. Like, does it feel good when you walk in right to the mirror and see yourself or would it be best off to the side? And then the third thing I would say about mirrors is you will read this online all the time that it's inauspicious to put a mirror directly at the foot of your bed. And I see this a lot in consultations because a lot of people like to have a dresser with a mirror attached to it. Mm -hmm. And I understand that like completely because you want to get ready and all that. But a feng shui practitioner would say, when you wake up, you want to see something that raises up your eyes, inspires you and makes you feel really good. And you know, I've read that like people think that mirrors are passages to the other side or another world. I don't necessarily know that's true, but what I do know about mirrors is that they are active energy. So it's going to keep things moving and flowing. So if you feel that your sleep is being disrupted, try not to have a mirror directly facing you, or at least not at the foot of the bed. Thank you. That was a super helpful answer. And I know people will be taking a appraisal of their homes. <laughs> We're coming up on time, but you've worked with so many clients and I feel like you probably have just seen some common, easy fixes that people probably don't even know that they could change. I just want to give you a general opportunity to let us know without working with a professional, do you have any just very general suggestions for creating a home environment that supports our brightest intentions? Sure. Well, I think that's key is having an intention. And that is what a consultation helps the client to do. That's how we start it. We look and we take an assessment of how are you doing? Let's look at the bag map. Here's nine different areas of life. What are three areas that you seek the most improvement? Because obviously, as you can just tell from this interview, there's a vast, we just touched upon feng shui, but there's so much out there that you could really do to enhance and optimize your home. But I want to know when I'm working with you, what are the three areas that you most seek improvements so that at the end of this consultation, during our time together, you have an action plan that's really going to help support your dreams and desires. And I think that that is something that anyone can do that's listening right now is really even just ask yourself that. 
And I mean, you can go to my site, get a free guide. You know, there's three easy steps to apply feng shui work with the elements. That's key. We touched upon decluttering, but I absolutely love working with the five feng shui elements. And when you decorate with intention and you set your intention for what it is that you desire, that's so powerful. And Whitney, I swear to you, the reason why I was so successful in feng shui in 2012, when I was a Google guru is because my intention was so powerful and I was so specific because of course, once I got certified, I realized there was a whole lot more to feng shui than I had really found on the internet. However, I do think that at the end of the day, like if any of your listeners are like worried about doing it wrong or messing it up and like making everything horrible, (laughs) I would just want to reassure you that when you set your intention for this or something better, you are going to truly be amazed and you will have miracle stories. I love watching my clients. I've the two clients that I have had that wanted to conceive and they really came to me with that desire and that intention, they were successful within a year. And I just, you know, that's a big ask, right? And for some of us, you know, we have that desire and maybe it doesn't turn out exactly that way. And there's different ways to to start a family and things like that. But it just happened that for those two clients that it did work out for them. So I just wanted, I guess, I'm not giving you exactly like what to do, <laughs> like take the knives off your counter and then you're going to really, you know, everything's going to be great. That's one thing you could totally do. That's a specific tip to like help you not cut your abundance up. But I think more than anything, what I want listeners to know is that like, I know that you have specific dreams and desires that were made uniquely for you that you are meant to fulfill. So get clear on those top three areas that you want to set your intention for and give it a try. And then let me know how it goes. I love that. All right. Well, I always end my interviews by asking women the same question. And that's what's one question women should be asking themselves more. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what first came to mind, but I don't know how good this is. I think we should ask ourselves how much we really like ourselves and how much we love ourselves. I think it's important to check in with ourselves because I think we're always looking outside of ourselves for, you know, validation or looking at what we accomplish to validate who we are and what we're doing. And we wear so many hats as women, many of us do. So I think it's important to prioritize ourselves, our self-care, our spiritual and our emotional well-being, and really like ourselves. And if we're not happy with who we are, it's okay to ask for help, whatever form that comes in and to really take that time for yourself every day, even just a little bit, whether it's through meditation, journaling, hiring a life coach, whatever you're doing to invest in yourself, uh, you know, making that hair appointment. Sometimes I feel like even I have, I'm a mom, I have two, two young kids. I actually work full-time in public education. And then of course I have this business as a feng shui practitioner that even got me an HDTV. So it's kind of like, it's not just this little business. It's this thing, this, this major thing in my life. And I need to be, I need to look out for myself. I need to take care of my spiritual and my emotional well-being so that I can show up and be my best self for my kids 
for the people I'm working with, for you, Whitney, for the people I'm talking with right now. So to all the women out there, I hope that you're looking in the mirror every day and I, you know, say that you love yourself. And if it doesn't feel authentic, you deserve to feel loved by yourself. So I hope that that resonates with somebody. That's just what came to mind. That's a beautiful offering. Thank you for sharing. And hopefully the mirror is not at the edge of the bed, right? (laughs) Full circle moment. Good job. (laughs) All right. Well, I know that people are going to want to tune in and learn more. So where can we find you? ChristinaHollinger.com. So it's Christina with a K. I've been saying that for a long time now, especially when I go to Starbucks and order something. And yeah, I'm on Instagram and TikTok. And I mean, maybe you can find me elsewhere, but that's mostly what I've been, where I've been spending most of my time, but I would definitely love to hear from anyone, especially if you found me through this podcast, it would be really nice to hear. And I know Whitney would love that too. For sure. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. This was a pleasure to talk with you. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad you joined me today. If you're looking for more, feel free to connect with me on Instagram at at WhitneyWoman. And if you enjoyed the show, I invite you to support me by leaving a review or sharing it with a friend. Hope you have an inspired day.